Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. From the Stash Podcast. It's your boy Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. Pigeons 420 and Mr. Grow It. Thank you all for being here again. Good to see you guys. Damn. I, I was I said, I, I was like, post-election. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I guess it is no matter right. what, right? I guess we can't go back in time now. Well, no matter what, it still really isn't post-election here. <laughs> well, that might be another That's episode. a good point. We're still like hanging that's out a good in point. limbo and, and purgatory, you know, so. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> it's a weird fucking deal, but, you know, the contrast between, let's say, both parties is kind of like the contrast between the subject of tonight's conversation, both mainstream parties, we'll say, or today's conversation would be organic versus synthetic or synthetic versus organic. It's a debate that like could just continuously go. We've done one on, on a Canvas Lifestyle TV talking about it, and I feel like it still didn't drill the point across. And I think this conversation, now that I've got more experience in organic, is going to be more helpful for even myself. Now I can be a little bit more confident, talk a little bit more with real experience instead of just reading or seeing what somebody else has done that I know personally. So yeah, let's get right into it. Let's do it. I have absolutely zero experience when it comes to organic. I've been synthetic since the day I started. Um, and uh, I, I've kind of gotten into a, a theme with my experience or my career that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, it, it's either hindered or really uh, supported my success throughout my gardening careers. And uh, unfortunately, organics has not been one of those things that I've really dabbled in. And I've you know, kind of, I, I, I did do uh, worms, worms at one point. I tried to do worm castings, but uh, aside from that, I'm a synthetic guy and uh, I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say. And I've got, I got questions for you guys in terms of uh, the benefits and is, is organic really worth the time? How dare you pigeons? How dare you? I now think differently of you. You're not as good of a grower. <laughs> As me and Rob, since we are do yeah. organics, you're right. You're on a different level from what I'm saying. Right. So, sarcasm, know. sarcasm. Right. Um, but yeah. the point I'm trying to make there is that, uh, you know, who cares if somebody grows synthetic only and organic only? We're going to talk about the pros and cons of both. Yes, one of the main ones is uh, organic is more environmental friendly, um, but uh, not everybody does it. So, um, judgment. This is kind of a judgment free zone here when we talk about this one. That's the Thank goal, goodness. man. You know, being somebody who I would say I've always preached that, that one isn't better than the other. It's kind of an ignorant statement because it's always preference. And that's the thing. I think that's our, our rule of thumb here. No judgment zone, all preference. Let's just lay out the facts and our opinions and you can pick it how you want. But now that I've got more experience with organic versus synthetic, I see why I got into synthetics originally and why I didn't get into organics. But now I'm like, man, maybe I should have jumped into organics first and you know, for me, I guess getting into it was simplicity of bottles. I'm like, oh, do you use A, B, and C? All right, cool. I'm going to do that too. And then someone says, oh, I also use this. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Oh, and then I also use this. Oh, all right, cool. Seven, eight bottles later, I'm like, oh, shit. All right. And <laughs> a decent lineup here now all of a sudden. And there's a lot more of a workload. But at the same time, I was getting the results that made my buds. Like, these are things that I think it's the marketing that gets a lot of people jumping into the synthetic side. As where organic labeling and branding usually doesn't have that same pop that you'd see. Personal, this is my opinion. Yeah, and um, 
you know, when it comes to uh, saying which one's kind of easier in the sense, uh, I know, I think some people can argue that um, synthetic is easier, right? You've got three bottles, for example, uh, maybe you've got some CalMag on it, four bottles, mix it up into water, pH the water, and then water the plants. Um, on the flip side of things, some people can say that organic is a, a little bit easier because you're just top dressing. Um, so, so it can go one way or another. I personally have been growing with bottled nutrients uh, a little over 10 years now. That's what I started out in. And the reason why I started was for simplicity sake, right? You just, uh, what I just said, you just mix it into water and, and then feed the plant. Going into it when I first started, uh, organic seemed kind of overwhelming in a sense because you have to learn about so much more. Uh, you know, there are so many different amendments. Uh, I could name off two dozen uh, different amendments when it comes to organic. And it's like, okay, well, which ones do I mix when? And there just can be a lot of confusion when you're first starting out with organics. So, you know, as a beginner, oftentimes I personally, you know, most of the people will start off with bottled nutrients. And I kind of recommend people to start out with bottled nutrients instead of trying to spend hours upon hours researching the different uh, organic amendments. Uh, and then I'm um, trying to play kind of like a guessing game or just kind of estimating which ones they think would go well. Um, I think it's kind of less prone for deficiencies if you are going through kind of bottled nutrients and you're kind of spoon feeding. And we know it's also a faster um, response, right, as far as um, uptake. So the bottled nutrients are a smaller molecule. They're readily available for the plant. They're in a plant available form. Organic nutrients first need to be broken down by microbes first. And that can take around two weeks is what's often said. So um, if you do run across deficiencies and you're growing bottled nutrients, well, you just either add nutrients or flush net nutrients. If you're growing with the organic nutrients, well, then it's not that easy because when you're adding nutrients, you, you know, you get to wait two weeks and the plant could get worse before it gets better. Then you're saying, okay, add in teas, which is a whole nother thing, part of organics. But, um, but yeah, there's uh kind of rambling on a little bit there, but no, uh, dude, you're hitting, quite hitting a bit, head, man. yeah, quite a bit when it comes to uh, organic versus synthetic, there's a lot of things to kind of look at there. Yeah. I think you, you, you absolutely nailed it. I think as you guys were talking, I was thinking, you know, the only reason I never really went into organics was because of the amount of information I needed to learn as a grower about the plant, its physical makeup, its chemical makeup, its microbial makeup, uh, the, the nutrients that need to be added, uh, what provides those nutrients, just because you need potassium, what the fuck gives you potassium? You know what I mean? I, these, there was a lot of things that I just never wanted to take into consideration when I first started growing cannabis. And that's, that's it. I, I believe I started with miracle Grow when I first started. It was just a matter of, I believe there was a time release nutrient in the soil or the potting mix that I was using. Yeah, slow release. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and then as, as, as my gardening started to evolve and, or, or started to thicken, I, I started to apply more, more uh, knowledge or education or time towards getting to know what it, the plant's needs are. And that's when I, I moved into a real nutrient line, something that was far more designed to meet the needs of, of the cannabis plant in particular. And, and that's when I found, I started to realize, oh, simplicity. I don't need to know anything. I got, I got, I, I never really had a three bottle system. I always, I, I typically, I went into just a full line setup from 10 ish plus bottles but then I started to realize the simplicity of it. I don't need to know anything. The instructions are on the back of the damn box. I just have to ex extract 15 milliliters out of one bottle, put it into a jug and away you go, you know? And then 
everything else that you learn came off of those experiences in terms of deficiencies and 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 uh, toxicities and the 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 myriad of issues that can arise from synthetic. But I I, I do I, I can fully appreciate the fact that within days you can see, or in some cases, hours, depending on your environment, you can see the the effect of what's happening to your plant on, based on the food that it's taking in. So troubleshooting makes it a lot easier as well when it's either either increase or decrease. There's only two options when it comes to troubleshooting. So simplicity, I think, is one of the biggest things that you can say goes along with synthetics because the, the whole idea or formula of what you're feeding your plant has already been done. It's in the bottle for you. You just need to apply it and and your amounts rather or what you're trying to dial in. So simplicity was key. It allowed me to focus on other things like like the environment, the lighting, the 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 the, the, the you know, the seeds, the strains, the so on and so forth. So you guys really nailed nailed it on the head with your description of 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 why you started and and the appeal of synthetic over organic. Well, I think that was my perception initially and now that I've gotten into the organic sides, I see Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was, I could have approached it a very comparable way. I could have followed something like, um, you know, rest in peace, great legend, subcool super soil, just literally blindly followed it, just like I do in a bottle. Don't even, I don't need to know the science. Just tell me what it is and I'm going to do it. Bro mm-hmm. science. Or I could have done something like the build a soil mix, which is what I'm using now, where they mix everything for you. They take care of it where you can either buy a bag and amend your, like buy a bag of uh, dry amendments pretty much and amend your own soil. In this case, I'm using a sphagnum peat moss, or you can go and buy their pre-made mix, their potting soil, the Build-A-Soil Potting Soil 3.0, which is what I'm using right now for one of my plants. And all I've done is watered it. I know what's in it. Like I can read off this crazy list. We have a video on Cannabis Lifestyle that breaks down everything in it. But honestly, I didn't really care so much at the time. I was like, I don't really give a shit. Just it's organic. Cool. Let's run it. Because I wanted to be able to figure it out as I'm going. The difference now is everything's already in the medium. So I don't have to worry about anything other than the plant. So I can like remove the thought process of learning all the sciences on the back end and now just focus on everything above the, the medium for the most part. I'm feeding that medium to keep it going, but a large enough container is going to make it so all you got to do is water. That plant's not going to take up the food so much because it's got a big giant source of food. It's like you got a giant reservoir for a hydro plant. You don't got to replace it as often. In this case, it's a little pricier when you buy it. I've got a, it was like two cubic feet for $25 plus $20 shipping. So it wasn't cheap but I can reuse it. I can continue to use it. So there's the pros and the cons. But when you're talking about organics, you know, I actually started my second run was a bottled organic line. So I think really the argument wouldn't even be synthetic versus organic. It would almost be like bottled versus medium because you've got uh, Roots, you've got Nectar of the Gods, a company I don't even want to endorse, another one which I used to deal with was uh, General Organics, their General Hydroponics Organic Line, Veganic they said it was. I got great results, man. Only reason I left them is because the company's not super ethical and I'd rather not spend money with companies like that. But for the most part, the organic side of things, I didn't notice a huge difference at all in the bottled side, like synthetic well, mineral-based versus organic. I noticed no difference. So it was kind of a scenario where I wouldn't say I experienced organic right away. It was more the fact that I got my feet wet in it and I saw, I'm like, oh, well, all right, the plant's going to kind of take up what it takes organic, synthetic, there's not, you can't find the periodic table elements that shows either the plant takes it up how it takes it up. The difference is, again, like you were mentioning, Chris, how fast it takes it up. The slower release in the organic side versus the faster in the, uh, the mineral-based. A lot of people like to say mineral-based versus salt or 
synthetic. So we'll go mineral based. Shout out to Vader OG on that one. Yeah, and I've used the organic bottle line before, and um, you know, a company that I don't think is ethical, and I don't endorse it all anymore. Um, but you can catch them on my older videos, which is Bloom Yellow Bottles, and uh, I think they have. <laughs> 15 bottles or like 19 bottles or something like that. Something crazy. I mean, when you count the foliar feeds and stuff like that, but I mean, it just kind of defeats the purpose of making the process easier. Right. So like you're still mixing up into water. Um, I didn't have to pH. They say don't pH. So that was one, one last thing to do, but it just kind of still took just as long. Um, you know, their, their ratios that they had mentioned, uh, I tried to go full strength because it's organic and I still ended up getting like slight toxicity issues. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I tried the bottled organics. I don't think I'd ever go back to it. Um, and now I am on to the, um, organic dry amendments. So, uh, shout out green sunshine company. I'm using their earth dust formula. They have two bags. One of them is, is base, which is really the, um, uh, what you amend with to begin with. And you can do feedings within the vegetation stage, top dressing, for example. And then they have their boost, which is for the flowering stage. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot easier in the fact where you're just doing that initial amend into the soil. And then, um, you know, say you do a 30 day veg, then flip to flower. You would do a top dress before flower. Then 30 days later, do one more top dress. And that's it. You're just kind of watering all the way through. Um, you, you do need to make sure that your pH is in the correct range of your water. Like my water comes out at like 7.5 pH or something crazy like that. Oftentimes you'll hear organics. Oh, you don't need to pH. The soils will adjust it. Well, yeah, for the most part, if, if you're the water going in is, is pretty natural, uh, neutral pH, for example, then you probably don't have to worry about pHing. But if it's super high or super low, probably still want to adjust that pH before going in. I do. And um, it's definitely proven to, to be beneficial. So, And I think um, it also depends on what you're using. So in your case with the dry amendments, like you're going to be, you're feeding kind of from the top. So the water isn't necessarily going to be working through the system that's going to have the buffer that'll work it out like you would with like a super soil, let's say. Like over time, you could re-amend that and you might have that mix already. But for example, uh, using cocoa, I know a lot of people do cocoa with a dry amendment, like, you know, Matt, Mr. Canuck, shout out to him. Um, it's going to be treated a little differently. You got to be a little bit more controlling in that sense. Well, the plant's obviously going to do what it wants. It's going to take up that food properly. The pH is definitely going to be more of an issue. And I know other people who use uh, reverse osmosis water. And that, again, it's going to react a little differently. There's nothing for it to stick on to. Like, it, it's, it's just weird how a plant in the medium reacts so differently between cocoa, soil, hydroponic, all these things, but the plant, no matter what, will tell you what it wants. That's what's cool about everything is if you're fucking up, you're going to know because the plant will tell you. Yeah. One thing I learned is about, um, you know, with the organic nutrients, the medium needs to be moist at all times. And that's something I struggle with. I live in a very dry climate. Um, natural humidity here is like 30%, 35%, which is like super dry. And so my medium dries out faster. Um, and if that medium's not wet at all times, then the micros go dormant. And we need the microbes in order to break down those nutrients to plant available forms. So I've struggled with kind of my uh, medium drying out a little bit too quickly or um, not keeping it moist enough to where that breakdown process didn't happen. And then I saw deficiencies in my plant, you know, when, when growing organically. Um, so that's something definitely key to keep in mind. Anyone who's going towards uh, that route, organic route. Uh, one thing that can help with keeping the medium moist, which has helped for me is having a mulch layer. So on top of that uh, soil, for example, I run soil, 
Um, I have a barley straw up top and you can do like wood chips. There's, there's several different mulch layers you can do, but that definitely helps keep that layer below the mulch moist. Um, so just a quick tip there. Well, and I think that's where it, again, preference comes clearly into play when it comes to the, how you feed, how you treat your plant, but they all have a comparable amount of workload really when you look at it, because if it's simplicity of just add, add, add with your bottle nutrients, some people don't find that difficult. You know, that's again, that's that Taylor Swift time. That's when you're challenging your thing. <laughs> Other people, you know, it's the every 90 days you got to do the work with your garden. And that amount you do in that 90 days may be more than what you do in that entire period of time broken down in your three to four feedings a week. Some people like it. Some people don't. I see Green Goblin. He'll do, you know, like one big mix day where he's kind of reamending all of his medium, doing everything like that. But then I'll also see he'll do a top feeding. And then I'll also see he does a tea. And I'm like, whoa, the labor here is a lot higher than what we initially discussed. And it's, it's all preference. You don't have to do all that. Your plant will grow, but you're not going to get the most benefits. As we're on the bottle side of things, you follow the nutrient chart, you're going to get pretty much the most optimum results you can get for the most part, again, obviously. But then you look at something like an indisputable fact is return on investment, your cost. So pigeons, like what's your average expense for your nutrients monthly? Do you have like a recurring monthly expense or do you buy mm-hmm. your stuff more in bulk? Unfortunately, I'm in a, well, fortunately, I'm in a very blessed position where I've never paid for my nutrients. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I got, I have a wonderful sponsorship and we've had wonderful sponsorships on the channel. Um, Shout out to Future Harvest Nutrients. Um, Before then, we had Remo Nutrients. Uh, Before then, we were with uh, Green Planet Nutrients. Um, And, and if there's, if like the, if you're with, Honestly, when you're my my question that I was going to pose to you guys was cost. How much are you guys paying? If I was to pay for one of these lines in full, I'm I'm looking at about three, probably four hundred dollars for the entire line. Um, how long would that last, somebody? Well, you play your cards right. That that those that line could last you an entire year. Um, if you're getting, you know, say liter bottles, um, you're not going to use and say, let's say you're being conservative. I'm talking about a personal grow here. Um, uh, you're growing no more than say four ish, five plants, a cycle. Uh, you're going to get a good year out of that. So my question then would be then to you guys, because as a synthetic gardener, one of the most common arguments I get is organic is far cheaper but I've looked at a bag or a few bags and I, I question, I, I ask is organic that much more cheaper than synthetic? Sorry. If you were to say spend, if you were spending say on average or anywhere between th- I'll give a margin of, of error anywhere between say four and $600 a year on nutrients, what would you be doing for organic? So I look at it this way. It just depends on the organic side you're doing. A super soil is going to be like your initial cost is going to be a little higher. But I kind of equate it to, it's, it's different in pricing, obviously, because the housing market's garbage. But you look at garbage in a good way for people selling, obviously. <laughs> you look at the renters versus buyers argument. It's like, well, over time, this has more value. Like, well, yeah, maybe putting down money, like I had to make a down payment and this and that. Over time, this has more value. I'm not just throwing it away. As where a synthetic-based nutrient, it's almost like you're throwing it away. You can't reuse it. Once it's done, it's done. It's not in your medium again. You're not going to go and say, all right, cool, let's just reuse this. Some people will do that, and they'll add amendments to it, and they'll have like a new decent mix for their veg time. But for the most part, it's done. You throw There'd it out. Be a, there would it. be a lot of fucking homework involved in trying to reuse your excrement 
and reformulating that into some. You're amending. You would be doing something. Yeah, you're almost that back would, into an organic side. Right, right. So I'm not sure you could even continue that argument. And and I, I but I would I'd be I'm very interested in somebody who does a process like that. Yeah, I know a few people who do. Like they'll they'll uh, cook out their soils or their um, their cocoa, basically make it inert, make it dead, and then re-add to it. They'll get the basic stuff to it. They'll add some mycorrhizae and boom, they're back in business. But that process, again, you're adding labor in. And for me, time is money. Time is money, baby. Always. So period. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to waste my time doing all that kind of stuff. I would rather go, because again, I'm running both. I've got the organic side and I've got a mineral-based side. And one's cocoa, one's soil. So with cocoa, I'm throwing it out when I'm done. Like literally, that's it. It's just done. So I know people who reuse it. I'm not that guy. I don't have time to do it. I just go buy more. The soil, the beauty of it is, is I can take it. I can cut my plant out. And I could either A, do like a no-till style and just replant it there, or I can chop it all up, chop those roots up and put them into a bin. And now it's they're going to break down into itself. And I've got this soil to use again. I could add more food to it. The craft blend that I use from Build-A-Soil, you just continuously keep reusing this soil. And it's going to get better actually over time. Like Green Goblin's got some for like five or six years now. I walked in the basement. I was like, what the fuck are all these tubs? Like, oh, that's my medium. I was like, oh, you bought a bunch already? He's like, no, dude, this is the same stuff since... The Master Kush years ago. I'm like, oh shit. Wow. Okay. Good job. And again, very cost effective. He's got some things that he's been able to buy from the local farmer's store that's extremely cheap because it doesn't say cannabis anywhere. And it's like his cost is very, very, very minimal. So the overall return on investment long term, I think, is better. Initially, are you spending synthetic. are you spending nothing in order to maintain that soil? You're spending very little because for the most part, you can't buy a lot of these bleds or a lot of these uh, these products other than a few pound bag or a pound bag. So you get it once and you're going to be able to use that initial investment. Just go back and scoop a cup out of it, sprinkle it into your mix, and you, you got it again for next year even. Like it, it lasts for so long. That's the mm -hmm. difference is where you'll see people who buy gallons and, and the shot. Like, why do you get so much? You're like, oh, the cost is way better. Right, right, Comparable and and here. you can and you have the shelf life. Like that stuff will last on the yeah, shelf for twelve ish dry, months. No liquid. No, as long as you keep it in the right it's conditions. Good. Like good. It's so then another. The so then another. Sorry, sorry. Uh, then another question that I would ask then would would organic by definition be more prone to pests? Uh, not necessarily negative pests. Well, I would I, no, but would you? Because because we're growing indoors, right? Yeah. And the 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 inclusion or invitation to really any pest is going to be unwanted by your spouse. Let's just yeah. lay that on the line. Yeah, okay? yeah, that's for so. Sure. That's so can flying. you argue? Because because here when when I dabbled in, I, I was going to go organic. I had the idea that I was going to go organic. Living in the northern uh, uh, portions of our of our continent, um, I find it's quite cold during the winter time so i have a difficulty because in my opinion going organic is more than just buying a bag of amendment and adding it to your soil it is a it, it's like going vegetarian you can't call yourself a vegetarian but eat mcdonald's you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um, so so to me the idea of going organic is well where did you get your shit from because if organic is as organic as i feel if, if you've got a child labor camp that's scraping, you know, a bat guano out of a cave in, you know, some place in Africa to get your amendments, is that as organic as it could really be? Um, 
or or how much fossil fuels were burned in the extraction of those amendments or in, in you know what i mean um yeah. So, That's so I'd be question. curious to know. So, so needless to say, I'll digress slightly. When I had the idea of going organic, I was going to do my own, my own compost. I was going to try to compost all my food and I was going to do a worm bin. So I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to learn about composting and worm bins. Composting is great if you have an ability to put it somewhere outside of your kitchen. Um, you need a bin outside in the yard where you can churn it i think is the proper way to say keep it keep it moving and 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 not frozen because essentially that's what happens in my part of the country is that it freezes for six to eight months of the year and trying to maintain an outdoor habitat of any kind is very difficult um so the same thing can be said about my worm bin so i tried to bring that shit inside and i found out very quickly that my worm bin was a, a magnet obviously for um pests i had the bunch of tons of these little red fucking i don't know what they were but let me tell you my spouse my wife was not happy about it <laughs> so so our worm bin ideas went right out the drain i tried to keep it outside to see if maybe its own habitat could no minus 50 kills just about everything um so in order for me to go organic i feel that it it, it it needs, I, I need a, I need a place for my scraps in my yard or, or my, my, sorry, my scraps from my kitchen. I need somewhere to put my yard clippings um, in order to turn this into a system that can really uh, benefit from itself. Now, maybe that's a, a, a large definition of organic, but to me, if you're going to go organic, you, you're going to be far more prone to pests just because you're trying to create a habitat within the soil which then would be a, a, or into my philosophy with my, uh, with my reasoning would then be a, a, a habitat for bugs. So. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you don't have to do the compost. That's not a requirement when it comes to organic. Now I, I understand that's, that's ideal. Some people say that's ideal state is you're, you're using your scraps, turning into compost. Um, that's more economically friendly, right? But you don't have to do compost. You can just buy a blend of organic and then top dress and amend. And then also inoculate is another thing that you can do is inoculate microbes in there to, to kind of help with the breakdown of nutrients. But I don't compost. I don't have a compost pile. That's something I would, uh, you know, definitely looking to do in the future. Um, but it's not a requirement when it comes to organics. So I just want to kind of mention that. And then when you, to answer your question about pests, uh, one of the most common, I, I think, is fungus gnats because your medium is always wet top of the medium, that's where fungus gnats thrive. So um, a common problem, especially when I'm using earth dust nutrients is fungus gnats. And if you look at the reviews on their site, lots of people are coming across a fungus gnats, but as long as you have, um, you know, a good battle plan, then, uh, you know, and initiate that plan, uh, you should be fine. So for example, those yellow sticky traps, a very common mm-hmm. thing that people use. I see them everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you can you can add those in there. Um, if you let your medium dry out once or twice with organics, like it's not really ideal because you want the microbes to to be working those nutrients down. But that's a way to get rid of fun- fungus gnats is to let the medium dry out, um, and then the fungus gnats will, will go away after that. That's the way I battle. My come across them once in a while. And there's also sprays. I think neem is one of the sprays that you can use uh, to battle fungus nets as well. But yeah, it is common. To, it's more common. I think to, to have, um, cause I, I can, I can, I can say that I, when we talk about pests, I have like, 
you know, I, I don't deal with pests. I don't have pests. Pests are ne- hasn't, haven't really been an issue for me. Now I know that's I, um, anecdotal and I know many of uh, n- many nutrient growers that have had issues with pests, but I'd be curious to know if, if that would be a pro or a con towards synthetic or organic. I honestly think that that, again, a preference thing because synthetic side, you're going to have to control all that. Organic side, there's a lot more things within your medium depending on how you're going about it. If you've got something like a super soil, you could even introduce something like nematodes. Um, there's all sorts of different things that'll naturally work for you in your mix. So you don't have to fight it as much. So there's the pros in that sense. But then let's say if you want to go and do a quick kill, you may kill the beneficial stuff in your medium if you try to hit it with anything serious. Like even a natural oil of some kind, like a green cleaner, that still could be harmful. So the synthetic side, if you do deal with pests, can be more beneficial, especially if you've got a serious issue coming in. But over, I feel like long term, the IPM is going to be a little bit better with uh, organics. But it's like you do kind of set yourself up for being more susceptible to having those pests. You said it. A good battle plan is important. This can all be avoided. I'm, I'm, my question is, is whether you'd be mo- more prone to, not whether or not you can avoid it, because you're right. A, a good IPM and a good battle plan will get you through just about anything. And that needs to be taken into consideration. I think, honestly, I don't think, I, if we were to compare IPMs, and maybe this is for another episode, if you were to compare IPMs, I, maybe mine is no different than yours. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pro, I, I try to be proactive rather than reactive. Uh, I do do sprays fairly regular, uh, at least once a month of at least three different kinds to keep it a variety, you know? Um, but I'd be curious to know um, if, if we vary that much in IPM. Because yeah, in, 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 in trying to incorporate, that. in trying to incorporate what you guys do in the soil as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would be a, uh, we may have to save that for another episode just because I think that covers a lot in the sense of how I've changed over the years and learning more about uh, natural measures and, and preventative measures in comparison to reactive things. So we should, let's save that for another episode. That's a good idea. Good. That's good, a good, good idea. Right yep, there. That's a good idea. But I, I do want to mention though, before we do, before we go, because you guys have, you guys have done a fantastic job at, at discussing and at least enlightening myself towards organics and really the life that's involved inside the, inside the pot, because the, the, there's one thing that can't be denied is that you're, you're, you're feeding the soil, you're feeding the roots um, when you're going organic. Um, and, and, and that's, and then that's key. And that's key. Uh, if there's anything that can be mentioned about synthetic and in its simplicity, Uh, you know, as you, as you advance through your career, anything is going to become more complicated. And uh, when you start to hone in a good nutrient line and you start to take advantage of its, uh, you know, its phosphoruses and its sugars towards its, its, its final flowering timeframe, you you are going to see some very serious results, you know, Uh, and, and it, it can be slightly complicated when it comes to delivering though that dosage at any particular time. Um, but, but I, the, the argument for simplicity is certainly, is certainly valid, but common sense and, and diligence and hard work pays off no matter what kind of Avenue you choose, uh, regardless of, of that. Totally agreed, man. I think that's where people need to listen to episodes like this. Listen to the first episode going where the easiest grow because preference is key. Just because your homie does something doesn't mean it's the exact right way to do it for you. Because I know myself, I've tried exactly what someone else has done and it sucked ass. Horrible results for me. So it's just variables, man. So many variables come into play. The climate, the environment, genetics, equipment, your schedule. I mean, 
everything. So you got to keep that in mind, whether it's organic, synthetic, bottled, dry, it really doesn't matter. You need to know what works for you and, and keep that in mind no matter what you decide. Yeah, I'm still, I think I'm still going to kind of recommend for, for new growers, someone who's brand new, I, I still am going to recommend um, kind of them to get their feet wet with bottles, even if it's just one grow, just so they can understand it. And like Pigeon said, you just look at a label, mix energy, it's a little bit easier, but um, don't let going organic intimidate you like it intimidated me. Um, and me start off with a blend, start off with a craft blend. That's probably the easiest way to do it is start off with something like earth dust nutrients or um, like a doctor earth. Uh, there's a couple different blends, several different blends out there. Maybe start with that, start with amending, start with top dressing um, and then slowly learn, right? Continuous improvement, continue to learn about different things that you can do, such as inoculate the medium with microbes, you know, whether it be mycorrhizal fungi, um, you know, something like mammoth pea or recharge, you can add that on top of your uh, initial organic blend. Um, and, and then you can get through your grow with that. And then teas, maybe teas is the next step for you to learn um, how to make a tea. Um, so that way, when you're in mid flowering, you can, you can give that uh, plant a boost, start seeing deficiencies. You can give that plant, um, you know, that uh, boost of, of microbes and, and get that activity going, um, but start slow, you know, and, and work your way towards that compost pile, which you're saying, um, you know, pigeons I mentioned earlier, the compost, compost pile and how you can basically have, make your own compost out of your food scraps. And then you can use that to top dress and then you eliminate that craft blend that you're buying, right? Cause you're just top dressing with your own compost that you've used from food scraps. Um, and that's kind of, I would say kind of the, the next step after that. And then you can even go into like no-till where you're adding in worms and you're not even tilling the, the medium at all. So there's, I feel like there's different yeah, levels of yeah. organic and, you know, starting slow, starting with the basics and slowly working your way to more and more and more. Like Rob had mentioned, I think in the long run, overall organic is, is going to be better um, for, you know, time savings, cost savings, um, and environmental purposes. But it's a long term. You got to think marathon, baby. Yeah, I'm, cur I'm, I'm curious to know if you were to take an organic bud, and a synthetic bud, grind it up, put it in a bowl, smoke it. Would you know the difference? Hell no. There's so many people who tell not. me that like I can taste the salt. I'm like, no, you can't. You're a liar. You're a well. You're not coming over to my family barbecue, you lying motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, I think again, it's preference, of course, but it's there's some different looks. You'll see, of course, people who are using things like PGRs uh, definitely don't do any plant growth regulators is horrible. Don't do it. Um, certain things that will modify the way your bud structure is. But for the most part, there's not a whole lot of difference. I've never seen a big difference. I have seen maybe more enunciated trichomes on uh, synthetics. I have seen bigger, tighter bud structure. But when it comes down to smoke, no, no difference for me. The first we'll time see. I ever did organics, um, I got a lower yield. Okay, smaller plant, lower yield. And um, if you come across that, one of the main reasons why it could be is because you just don't have that microbial population in the soil yet, right? So maybe I didn't have enough microbes in the soil to break down to give the amount of nutrients that the plant needed. So, um, you know, continuing to feed that soil, you know, inoculates on and so forth. Um, you know, the first time around, your yield might not be as big as synthetic, but if you're continuing to um, feed that particular soil, and you continuing to do grows in that same soil, it should, um, you know, be about the same yield, if not surpass uh, the yield of synthetics. 
Do not give up. I can't count how many times I've failed with synthetic. We're going to talk about simplicity. I have failed and failed and failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. And it's like, don't give up. It sounds like you might've struggled with your first harvest and what you did not give up. You did not give up. You learned, you adapted, you overcome and you know, you moved on. Do not give up. And even if you, even if you start organic, right, you start with that craft blend and you amend and then you top dress. If you start to see deficiencies, you can always switch to bottled nutrients, right? You can always, during that grow, you can give like a quarter dose of nutrients, for example, just to kind of give that plant, um, available plant available nutrients. So it can code. recover from the deficiencies, right? It's not going to, there's, there's still a lot of debate on if, salt-based fertilizers kill microbes or not. So we're not going to get into, into that, but um, you can absolutely mix both organics and synthetics. So That's a great point. I've, had, I've had an organic grow starting. All of a sudden I come across deficiencies week two, three of flower. So I'm like, you know what? Hit it with a dose of um, synthetic nutrients. Boom, that plant recovered. Still did kind of the mid mid uh, flower top dress with the organics and was able to survive without drastically reducing my yield or anything like that. So uh, weaning your way off the bottles is another way to go about it. That's Good a great point. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know weaning off the bottles, bro. I need to be weaned, bro. <laughs> Trying to get my, my two-year-old off that too. So I'm going to have to work on that multiple ways. <laughs> Yeah, I think that really covers it, man. That was a great episode. I like that was really diving good. deep into things like that. When it comes to, you know, that's where the three of us, we have different preferences, of course, but they seemingly align pretty damn close. I think that's why From the Stash became a thing, man. Definitely makes sense. So, you know, obviously, make sure you check out all of our latest drops. Seen some fire dropped over there, that topping video. Killer Chris, loving the, well done. the transitions and stuff, man. You're killing it, bro. Fire. Obviously, glad to see you out of YouTube jail. Free. Yeah, back. He's a free man. Otherwise, always on Twitch. Keep an eye always, there. Cannabis Lifestyle day, TV. Like... We lost all of our strikes. Hey, hey. Nice. Thank you, YouTube. Congrats, man. Susan Congrats. saw that little disc thing and she was like, okay, enough, kids. No, yeah, <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. So you'll see us there, Cannabis Lifestyle TV. It's your boy, Rob. 420 Growers Club. Obviously, you can check everything out there. Pigeons 420. Mr. Thanks, Grow man. It. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.